Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Off the Bench podcast. Today is Mailbox Monday. I'm going to spend a little bit of time answering listener questions. And also, I'm going to touch on the headlines. There are a lot of things happening in the world right now. We haven't talked about it for a while here at the show, but I think we need to keep our eyes on what's happening locally and keep asking the Lord for wisdom. The Bible says that if we ask it, He gives it to you generously and without holding back. This is the Heidi St. John podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I hope you guys are doing good uh, wherever you find yourselves this morning. I know that we're right in the middle of February right now, and a lot of you stuck in the snow and the ice because I'm hearing from you. So hang in there. The days are getting a little bit longer here in the Pacific Northwest, so I'm excited about that. Before I jump into today's headlines and answer questions from listeners, I want to let you guys know that my women's conference, Shine, is coming right up, and I can't wait for you guys to come out. We've got some exciting things planned for that weekend and also a lot of really just wonderful opportunities for you to get into God's word, make some new friends, kind of reset your heart as we enter into what is going to be, I think, a very, very busy and I think sometimes chaotic 2024. We got to have our hearts right before the Lord. And so I'm going to ask you the question, if your faith found its voice, what would God have you say? What would God have you say? How would he have you... uh, react to the things that you're hearing on the news? How would he have you influence the people that are in your circle and in your uh, in your sphere that God has placed you in? Because you're not here for no reason. And God wants to use you. And I'm excited to, uh, to do Shine. My family leads worship for that event. It's just a really awesome opportunity for, uh, for you to come away and just sort of reset your heart a little bit. I know a lot of you flying in from different places around the country. And we have a really great rate right next door at the brand new Hampton Inn and Suites. So uh, come on out and stay there. And you can see the Homeschool Resource Center. We're going to be sharing stories of God's faithfulness and talk about what it looks like to be women who are submitted and under the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life. Uh, I want to just touch on a couple. Well, I'm going to answer a listener question first, and we've got a couple more to answer in happy hour today, but this one came in via Spotify as a voicemail. So I'm going to play her voicemail and then I'm going to answer her question. Hi, Heidi. Um, We're a homeschooling family going into our 11th year and uh, I listened to your Empty Nesters podcast and we have just about three children married. The third one's getting married this Saturday. Uh, My question to you is, do your married children call you mom and did it come naturally or is it something you had to encourage or suggest? Um, Our oldest calls, our son-in-law calls us mom and dad, which we love. Our daughter-in-law, who has been raised differently, tends to call us by our name. Um, We would, I would very much want them to call me mom and dad, but I don't know how about to handle it Does one talk about it with them um i'm afraid to talk about it in case she just absolutely wouldn't want to does one just leave it and it is the way it is um 
Do you have any suggestions on how one goes about handling a situation like this? I just want to encourage you a couple of a couple of different ways. First of all, you want to be really careful what hill you die on. A lot of times these are cultural issues. Sometimes they're related to relationships. If you don't feel comfortable calling somebody mom and dad, you're probably not going to do it. But as time goes on and you build a closer relationship with your daughter-in-law, she may feel comfortable referring to you as mom and dad. I would just encourage you. I don't think it's a conversation that you need to have with her. I certainly, if it was in, if if it was me, I would just be working on my relationship with my daughter. And I'd want to be getting to know her and praying for her and my son to have a healthy marriage. And so, when she sees you as a friend, and she sees you as someone who loves her and wants the best for her and for their marriage and for your son, I think that that is the place that the that the trust is really built. And so it seems to me that you're kind of borrowing trouble. And so I wouldn't be talking to my daughter-in-law and saying, hey, why don't you call me mom and dad? I mean, how would you like it if somebody pressured you to call them by a certain name and you didn't feel comfortable about it? Even if you decided to honor their wishes and you used that name, you wouldn't like it. You would feel coerced and you would feel pressured into it. And you absolutely do not want that especially in a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. So I would just encourage you, take it before the Lord in prayer and ask God to give you opportunities to build a relationship with your daughter-in-law. These relationships, uh, I mean, they can be, um, you know, sticky. They could be um, cause, you know, stress in your life. But I think sometimes the stress that we have over relationships like this is simply stress that we bring on ourselves. These are things that if we just would have been patient and prayed about it more, we would have gotten the answer that we wanted. And I'm just going to encourage you to a place of prayer. The Bible is very, very clear about how we should be uh, relating to one another. And we are called to love one another. We're called to be patient. We're called to be kind. And I would encourage you, be kind uh, to your daughter-in-law as she's sort of navigating what she decides she wants to call you. So we don't want to pressure someone. And I would encourage you, don't pressure your daughter-in-law. I've been writing a Bible study for the month of March, and we're going to be focusing on four women in the Bible, Jezebel, Delilah, Herodias, and Potiphar's wife. So sort of some bad girls, I guess, in the Bible, sort of villains in the Word of God. And we can learn a lot from them. And I want to encourage you guys today, um, I'm going to take a little bit out of the study that's going to be released next month. If you want to study these with me, you can sign up by going to faiththatspeaks.com. That is my ministry to women. I've been writing Bible studies there now for a very long time. And I believe, and I, I believe it more passionately with every passing day, that though we are living in incredible times, and you guys heard me you know, say this with a guest the other day, the world might be in crisis, but God's people don't need to be. The Bible contains everything that we need to function in a way that brings life and healing and hope to the people around us, into our marriages, to our families, with our children. And we want to be reading God's Word. We want to be studying God's Word. And so I would love for you guys to join me over at the Faith That Speaks community. Every single month, I release a brand new study there, and uh, they're beautifully illustrated, roughly, you know, right around 100 pages of study. So you're going to get a good study, a meaty study, and uh, it's going to be relevant to your life right now because the Bible is relevant to your life right now. So I want you to think with me today on this Monday as we sort of head into a new week, 
what your thought life is looking like. So as I survey the the political landscape, the geopolitics that are happening around the world, the invasion on the southern border, the obvious mental uh, decline of the man who is supposed to be the leader of the free world, continued frustration with our our politicians. I was just on the news this last Sunday, and maybe some of you guys caught it, uh, with my friend David Brody over at Real America's uh, Network. And we were talking about just the the uh, the craziness that's in the culture right now. And as believers, we are called to pray and we are called to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove and to control our thought life. And I think so often what we what happens is we react to what we see going on around us rather than respond to it in uh, with wisdom and love. And so in Genesis 29, the Bible talks about the story of Joseph in the house of Potiphar's wife, right? You know, remember, I mean, up until this point, well, Joseph, Joseph's had it pretty rough. You could argue that he got himself into a little bit of trouble with his brothers because he just could not stop bragging that he was his father's favorite, that he had this coat of many colors. And of course, then his his brothers uh, conspire against him. They throw him into a pit. He's sold into slavery, ends up in Egypt in the house of Potiphar and his wife. And when when the Bible opens up with this story, we see immediately that Joseph is in a situation that is going to reveal his character. I'm going to say it again. Joseph is in a situation that is going to reveal his character. Every day, the decisions that we make reveal our character. They reveal who we are. So let's look at Genesis 29 for just a second, because I think it's important that we kind of set set the stage and remember what's happening in the story. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just the beginning of it, because that's sort of where I want to launch some encouragement for you today. Now, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him an overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. So Joseph is performing very well in Potiphar's house. Potiphar trusts him. It looks like God's blessing what Joseph is doing. And Joseph's already had a pretty rough go of it. Right now he's been sold into slavery. He's away from his father who loved him fiercely. And God is testing Joseph. But notice what happens when uh, Potiphar's wife takes notice of Joseph and she begins to fixate on him. The the uh, second part of verse six starts a different aspect of this story. And it says, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. So we know this guy had some good genes from his parents, right? And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, sleep with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am. 
nor has he kept anything back from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as he spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. So Joseph is demonstrating tremendous wisdom in this situation. But I want to take it back to Potiphar's wife, right? We can we can uh, talk all day long about the wisdom that Joseph had in the situation, but I want you to think about your thoughts with me for just a moment today. Have you ever fixated on something? You know, you, you saw a friend had something that you thought, oh man, I would like to have that, or maybe it was a, a new car or whatever it was, but just wanted something so badly that your thoughts were fixated on it. And today's story in Genesis 39 obviously is about sexual temptation. We can see clearly where that began. It began with a thought. The Bible says that Joseph was really handsome and Potiphar's wife took note of that. She was noticing how good looking he was. And most of us have experienced sexual temptation on one level or another. We can absolutely, all of us, relate to the uh, struggle that we have on the daily to control our thought life. And maybe your thought life isn't, you're not struggling with sexual temptation. Maybe you're struggling about uh, fixated on a house that you would like to have someday, but you can't afford right now, or a promotion at work. Maybe it's the thing that you have in your uh, shopping cart on Public Square. Notice I didn't say Amazon that time. You're so welcome. Uh, maybe it's the thing in your shopping cart over at Public Square that you can't truly afford, but also you can't stop thinking about purchasing it. So you think about it, you think about it, you know, you notice who else has it, and finally, you hit purchase. And whether we do it for the dopamine hit or for the satisfaction of getting that particular item, the results are the same. Disappointment in ourselves over a lack of self-control and ultimately the recognition that it did not bring us the satisfaction that we hoped that it would. Either way, God's word teaches us that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide our hearts and our minds. And there are lots of lessons that we can learn from Potiphar's wife, but this is the first one. When we allow our minds to travel to places where they should not go, bad things are sure to follow. I'm going to say it again. Some of you guys need to hear this today. When we allow our minds to go places where they should not go, bad things are sure to follow. Uh, in Philippians 4.8, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be thinking about whatever's honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable. Uh, Paul said, if there's anything excellent or worthy of praise, let your mind think on these things. Why? Because the thoughts that we uh, that we give ourselves over to day after day after day eventually have a tremendous impact on who we are and on what God is doing in our own lives. And when we look at Genesis 37, starting at that last part of, of verse 6, and we re read through what happened with Potiphar's wife, we recognize that the thing that Potiphar's wife did first before she invited Joseph to sleep on her, with her was to notice that he was good looking. And obviously those thoughts became what she was fixated on. And if you've ever made excuses for uh, your, the thoughts or the actions that you have, this is exactly what she was doing. And sexual desires can easily become idols in our lives. And this was absolutely what happened with Potiphar's wife Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. Uh, earlier in the study, I was talking about idol worship and how God feels about it. Uh, yesterday, when I was on the uh, the television show with David Brody, when I was on Real America's Voice uh, at American Sunrise, you guys should check that out. David's got a brand new show. It's called American Sunrise. And he was saying that there is a school in the Midwest that has offered a Taylor Swift-themed Bible study. And he asked me, what do I think about that? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about idols in our lives. And certainly um, Taylor Swift ranks right up there with idols uh, in a, in the American cultural landscape right now. And I said, well, if they're going to study the Bible as it relates to Taylor Swift, they could certainly read through the book of Romans. We could start with 1 Corinthians. Uh, Taylor Swift has the spiritual discernment of a jellyfish, right? Because she doesn't have the spirit of God in her. But if God could use a donkey, he could certainly use Taylor Swift. And so I said, I think it's unwise, but I can sort of see why this particular uh, denomination would lean that direction because they tend to be uh, more infatuated with the culture than they are with following hard after Jesus. And we want to be really sure that we are following hard after the Lord in every aspect of our lives. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, when I'm, when I'm uh, studying some of these women in the Bible and the decisions that they made, um, that we could kind of feel for the the people that get themselves into trouble. Like you can you can really feel for Joseph and the trouble that he got himself into. Right after all, he was trying to impress his older brothers. You can kind of kind of you know wrap your head around what might have been happening with Potiphar's wife. Uh, the Bible says that her husband was a servant of the Pharaoh. A lot of these servants of Pharaoh were actually eunuchs in real life. The Bible doesn't say whether this was totally the case, but there are a lot of theologians that think that there's a good possibility that Potiphar's wife had noticed that Joseph was handsome. She allowed this thought to take root and she was feeling deprived because she couldn't have uh, a good sexual relationship with her own husband. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day because what she did was wrong. Potiphar's wife may have looked to Joseph in a desperate attempt to feel desirable and worth something. And it's easy to feel overlooked, isn't it? It's easy. It's possible that Potiphar was not an attentive husband. It's likely that his wife was depressed and looking for affirmation. And there's no doubt that her mind was consumed because she didn't have any peace. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 29 verse 10 that her state of mind was not where it should be. And I want to just encourage you right now because Isaiah 26 gives us the key to making sure that our thoughts are in alignment with the Lord when our hearts are not at peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So instead of focusing on your flesh desires, let's focus on what God says will bring us peace. And so I'm going to encourage you, you know, as you I, I talked to a mom the other day at a conference I was speaking at, and she she was so consumed with anxiety over what's happening in the news and her distrust. I mean, we I read a headline the other day out of Michigan where migrant workers were coming into areas that they have been allowed to spend the night in and they are going into affluent areas and they are robbing people. And all of a sudden there's all this fear because we see what's happening, but we don't have control over it. And when you're in a situation like that, 
you know that the only thing that you can do is to keep your mind stayed on the Lord. So we want to ask the Lord to help us. Lord, show me what my responsibility is. What is my jurisdiction? Is there anything that I can do? But we know with beyond a shadow of a doubt that one thing we can do for sure is to lean into the Lord and ask him to keep our hearts and minds stayed on him. And I'm going to encourage you to do that uh, as we move into 2024. We're getting a lot more political questions here at the podcast because these issues are coming front and center. And so if we're going to handle them with wisdom, if we're going to handle them with discernment, if we're not going to be given into our own uh, desires, into our own fears, then we need to have our minds and our hearts stayed on Christ. Uh, And so that's my encouragement to you. I hope you guys will join me. You can sign up for my Bible study by just simply going to faiththatspeaks.com. And we're going to be studying. There's a lot more to say, obviously, about the story of Joseph. But it it occurred to me today that one of the most important things that we can do as Christians, and this is certainly true for people who are watching our lives, is that we don't react to every little thing around us. We don't react to every little uh, news piece of news that comes across our social media accounts. But rather we say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to encourage you guys again as I'm reading the headlines, you know, kind of the the, the the blowback now that's coming from Tucker Carlson's interview of Vladimir Putin. Listen, I'm all for a free press. I told you guys uh, last week, I really feel like Putin played Tucker. I mean, Tucker's, you know, basically doing propaganda for the Russian government right now. It's kind of interesting to see. I don't know if you guys saw, but he produced a video of himself and his um, and his crew shopping in a grocery store in Russia. And he was saying, you know, that he could get for just $100 in Russia, what it would cost him $400 to get here in the United States. And I just wanted to say to Tucker, and listen, I'm a fan of Tucker Carlson as a general rule, but there are about, what, 32 million people in Russia right now that don't even have indoor plumbing. And there's absolutely no comparison between the dictator, someone, someone, some people might even say a, a maniacal murderer like Vladimir Putin. We just read the headlines uh, the other day, I think just a few days ago, that one of Vladimir Putin's most outspoken opponents mysteriously died in prison at the age of 47. You know, and Putin's shaking his head going, well, I don't know, I don't know what happened. Uh, I think we can agree that that guy is not a good guy. And it was interesting to watch the response in the American media. What we want to do is not, we don't want to become part of cancel culture, but we also want to be wise. We are called to wisdom. And we want to be wise politically. We want to be wise with our families. We want to be wise in our marriages. Wisdom comes from God. And so I'm going to encourage you guys to use wisdom as you watch what continues to unfold in the news. I have become very... I mean, disinterested is not the right word. Maybe it's just disillusioned. I'm watching what's happening uh, in the House of Representatives right now. And we've had, the Republicans now have had control of the House for some time. And as per usual, they're not getting anything done. They're not working on behalf of the American people. We've got people in the United States uh, House of Representatives who are more interested in showboating and getting their 15 minutes of fame and making sure that they get on all the news outlets and that everyone knows their name than they are in accomplishing the business of the American people. And while there are lots of things happening in Russia that are interesting to me, there are a lot more things happening here in the United States right at home that desperately need our attention and our prayers. And I am turning my attention, I mean, it's shocking to me, the 
the overtones in this country now of um, just the conversations that are being had around the kitchen table. I think people are generally disappointed. I'm watching my audience, you know, that there are a lot of people that listen to the show that are very, very interested in politics, but it just seems like a, a, a horse and pony show now. Right. And I'm praying for Mike Johnson. That man is going to need more courage than he is currently using, at least from my my seat here in the peanut gallery and from what I hear from friends who are closer to the situation. Uh, you can't lead the the herd of cats that is the current Republican Party without courage and conviction. And he's not going to be able to move the needle if he doesn't start making decisive actions to move forward with the agenda that the people of the United States sent them there to accomplish. So outside of what's happening with the federal government, I'm just going to encourage you guys, pay attention to what's happening locally. Pay attention to your governor's races. Pay attention to your city council races and your uh, state houses of representatives. Because I'm telling you, uh, as much damage as Joe Biden is inflicting on this country, much more damage is happening here locally by our city councils, by our governors, and by our uh, our local state houses of representatives. So pay attention. You guys ask the Lord, maybe you're supposed to be running for office. Maybe you're supposed to be coming alongside someone who's running and encouraging them and helping them. We all have a part to play. But every time we make a, a decision, whether it's to engage politically, to respond to somebody on a Facebook post, to engage with our, our daughter-in-law or our son-in-law. We want to do it from a place of biblical authority and soundness of mind. And whether it's this woman who wrote into me today who wants desperately wants her daughter-in-law to call her mom, or whether it's the the uh, the guy who the gentleman who wrote into me last week saying he's so discouraged with what's happening uh, in the federal government right now. Our responses as believers should be measured and prayerful. And that is what we want to do going forward. Uh, I feel like, you know, in terms of just where we're headed as a country, and I, I think I've said this before, and I'm, I, I continue to believe it, I have very little faith now in the media. I have very, very little faith in our medical uh, establishment, you know, big pharma. We've all been absolutely taken for a ride uh, in COVID. I think most everyone, at least that I talked to now, even people who didn't agree with me before are looking back and going, oh yeah, hey, that, you know, those guys took us for a ride. Well, why does that happen? It happens because we are not walking in wisdom and we need to walk in wisdom so that no matter what comes up in the next months or even years, we can be at peace with our family, at peace in our relationships and at peace in, uh, in our assignment from the Lord because we're paying attention. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
In other news, there's a developing story happening out of France right now. They have passed a new law which would send you to jail for three years if you criticize mRNA vaccines or gene therapy. According to the law, which was passed quietly and secretly through the French parliament on Wednesday, advisement against mRNA or other treatments which are deemed, quote, suitable based on current medical knowledge can land you into prison for up to three years and a $48,400 fine. Article 4 of the new law, or Article Pfizer, as it's being referred to by freedom fighters in the legislature, is a prejudgment of, quote, alternative medicine and a threat to whistleblowers. Ominously, during what little debate was fielded before passage of this fascist law that eliminates informed consent, warnings were parroted that the next pandemic is coming and mRNA technology is the only solution. You kind of have to wonder what is going on in the world where we're continuing to see, even though there have been so much damage that have come from the so-called mRNA vaccines and from gene therapy, that we're seeing countries now working as hard as they can to make sure that their citizens don't have informed consent and don't and aren't really aware, at least they're not aware completely, of what's happening around them. So I'm going to encourage you guys, do your homework. I thought it was interesting. Uh, if you read, one of the, the places I like to go for news is called christianpost.com. There's some really interesting uh there's some really interesting articles. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but I do think it's an interesting thing because they are they're focused not just on what's happening here at home, but they're also focused on what's happening around the world as it relates to uh, Christianity as it relates to the persecution of Christians around the world. Anyway, they have uh, really great articles and uh, a lot of differing opinions. I don't think you're going to see just one one particular point of view pushed over at christianpost.com. And I think you guys really like it. There's a wonderful article by a guy named Michael Brown. He's an op-ed contributor there. And he released an article last Thursday called How to Keep Your Sanity in a Crazy Election Year. And I have said... And this, and I think this this author is agreeing with me, that we have never seen an election like the one we're about to see in 2024. I'm not talking about the normal intensity of election fever with the constant bombardment of political ads and polls and all those things. This year is very different. It's a second face-off between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, which at this point is in, seems inevitable. Uh, I said on my social media platforms the other day, I don't think that this is what's going to happen for the 2024 races. I think what's going to happen is they're going to either pressure Joe Biden with the 25th Amendment if you're watching Watching what's happening in the news, uh, they're turning on him because he is, it's indefensible the way that he acts and the way that he shuffles and the way that he can't you know, uh, keep a keep a conversation going in any one direction, the way that he has angry outbursts at the press. There are very, very troubling things that are happening with Joe Biden and anyone who has eyes to see it can see it. But both of these future leaders are aging and the 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 forward motion is really just fraught with uncertainty. Will President Biden be able to campaign, participate in debates, let alone lead for more years? And I, you know, from my perspective, Heidi St. John is saying absolutely not. He's not going to be able to do it. The recent Department of Justice report, which conclusions sounded like a satire piece from the Onion or the Babylon Bee, were incredibly damaging. While the damage control press conference that followed had the precise opposite effect. So basically, last week was a train wreck 
wreck for Joe Biden. Uh, and as for replacing him at the last minute, this too creates uncertainty. Would it be the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who is even more radically left than Biden? Or will Michelle Obama come in and uh, stir the pot? Who knows? But I don't think that Joe Biden's going to make it to Election Day here in the United States. I think they're going to 25th Amendment him. I think uh, it probably will not happen before the DNC National Convention, which doesn't happen until very, very late in the summer. So get ready because I think the shenanigans are going to be uh, outlandish. And I think we're going to see some very interesting hijinks happen in order for the Democrats to replace the presumptive nominee, which at this point, of course, is Joe Biden. But the most likely scenario that I see is that at the end of the DNC convention, when they've uh, when they've decided Joe's the guy, we're going to run Joe. I think Joe himself will quietly say, hey, I've decided not to run. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity. I've loved being the president. I'm going to ride off into the sunset now while the country burns in my rearview mirror. And the Democrats at that point, according to the rules of the Democrat National Convention, they can actually choose just a few elites, not the voters, but a few elites in the DNC can choose who that presumptive nominee will be. That's my prediction for the 2024 election. And I think there there is a uh, an incredible need for men and women of God to be praying and to be uh, seeking the Lord, because I think we're going to face uncertainty. I think uh, instability is going to be a part of our uh, our vernacular here as we move into the 2024 races and as they heat up. But I want you to remember, and this goes back to getting your thoughts under control, keeping your mind stayed on Christ. God is still God. He sits enthroned as the king of the universe. He still superintends, according to the Bible, the affairs of the earth, even while giving human beings all kinds of latitude to do good and evil. And so the psalmist could say with confidence, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and mountains quake with their surging, we will not be afraid. So that, that means that no matter what happens around us, Christians do not need to live in fear. We should not be shaken. And it also means that if we put our focus in the right place, if we start our days with worship, start our days with prayer rather than reading the news, uh, and we ask the Lord to help us focus more on the word and less on the politics around us, less on the daily polling, less on the scandals, less on Joe Biden's latest gaffe or, or Donald Trump's uh, latest trial by jury, whatever that is, God wants there to be peace in your heart. Proverbs 14, 26, yet at all times and in all places, God is our refuge and strength. As Proverbs states, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. So put another way, if God can give you peace amid a tsunami, an earthquake, a tornado, and a hurricane, he can give you peace amidst a political firestorm. And so keep that in mind as we move into 2024. Your children are watching you. The world might be in crisis, but God's people don't need to be. So I hope you guys are going to come out and hang out with me for Faith That Speaks, my women's conference being held again the first weekend in March, and I'm looking forward to seeing you. If you guys are part of uh, the subscription service here at the Heidi St. John Podcast, stick around. I'll be back in just a minute for happy hour. If you would like to be a member of the Heidi St. John Podcast, we love those of you who have taken the time and become subscribers to the show. You can simply do that by going to Spotify and clicking on the subscribe button. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love to hear from you. We want your feedback and you can do that by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.